Well, hello all, Mike Falkenstein here with 1A Catalyst. Together with my friend Steve Shermer of Silk Road Catalyst, I'm one of the co-hosts of Missions Talk. Missions Talk is a show where we have regular media content on best practices and inside looks into what God is doing around the world in missions, featuring guests that are involved in global missions from parachurch organizations, churches, and other missions networks around the world. We have a deep heart to help you find ways to reach your world for Christ. In today's episode, Steve and I talk about not only the pros and cons of being a single adult on the missions field, but what opportunities and challenges are there for singles on the missions field. Well, hello, friends. Hey, Mike Falkenstein here, and I want to be the first one to welcome you to this new episode of Missions Talk, and I'm here again with my good friend Steve Shermer and Steve uh, we're getting into kind of definitely fall almost winter how are things in uh, South Carolina weather holding up okay weather's been good it's been cold we've had some below freezing days here which is a little bit early for us this is usually this past week has been more January weather so but yeah it's been good that's great and of course, you know, uh, here in Colorado, we're just getting into snow season and uh, yeah, we actually had a fantastic fall. And so, you know, it's sort of like, I like the snow, but it's nice if it's just compacted to kind of a few months of the year. And so, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're doing well here. And Steve, today on our episode, I think we've got a fantastic um, topic mm-hmm. to talk about. And it's something in uh, missions that... Uh, I'm actually not sure that it's talked about enough, right? That, you know, uh, kind of the idea for this episode came about when I had seen a article, I think on the OMF uh, website about whether or not, uh, you know, people who are single should still accept a call into, you know, onto the missions field. And so then that got me kind of looking on the internet about, different life stages of the missionary and um yeah there's a um this is a good topic to talk about isn't it Mm. yeah yeah i think both of us have come across a lot of people over the years that whether they're single married married with kids you know there's you know reasons to go there's reasons not to go and i think there's just a lot of people wrestling with these types of decisions based on where they're at in life yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, so in terms of, you know, why we want to talk about this, Steve, I think uh, if we look at the overarching idea here, it's really we just want to encourage anyone who has a call towards missionary service to obey that call, sort of regardless of uh, regardless of their stage of life and, you know, the obstacles I think to accepting that call are many. One of those obstacles is, uh, you know, whatever stage of life you're in, you might think, you know, it's just not the ideal time to go, whether you're single. I know single people, a lot of times feel like they're going to miss out on a potential spouse. If they obey God's call, uh, to missionary service, there are people who are, you know, married or like you said married with children and you think oh boy should i should i bring those kids to uh you know onto the missions field mm-hmm. uh will it will it affect their development and kind of their early lives and so 
Steve, as we kind of um, start on that on that path, what are your thoughts about kind of different life stages, singles and marrieds? And, um, you know, there are some unique opportunities, isn't there? Kind of however, kind of wherever you're at. Yeah, I think the short answer for me is God uses all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. They all have pros and cons uh, when it comes to serving. Uh, you know, singles have all the time in the world. You know, they don't have the the distraction of uh, a spouse or children running around the house, grabbing their attention uh, to prevent them from serving. Mm-hmm. Uh, married couples have the benefit of uh, serving alongside each other and encouraging one another where you have really an automatic teammate when you go somewhere. And of course, yeah. when I went to the field, we had kids. So having kids with us was a huge blessing because it was actually very attractive to the local people right. that we were serving among. So our kids were, were um, it drew people to us in mm-hmm. ways that we couldn't have gotten people to, to come to us before. Okay. So I think every stage has its benefits. God is using everyone. God is calling people from every life stage to go. And it's really not a matter of an excuse of why we can't go because we're at a certain life stage. It really comes down to, is God calling you? And if God's calling you, then you work through whatever the, uh, the obstacles are in your life stage to get there. Yeah, that's right. That's good advice. So, Steve, I'm wondering, you could probably speak into this more than, than I can from, a, from an agency perspective. Because I know at Silk Road Catalyst, you guys actually do have staff that are serving overseas and so in terms of the um different ways that you prepare different people to to enter into missionary service um you know as you're you have a candidate who then you accept and then they then would go to the missionary field what would the differences be between okay someone that's single and here's kind of what we need to kind of walk you through versus you know, uh, someone who's married. And then the third one, of course, is married with kids. Is there much difference in terms of the, the training that they get, uh, to prepare? Well, if they're coming from the U S the training is almost identical in the sense of where we send people to get training. Uh, it's called the center for intercultural, uh, CIT, uh, center for intercultural training. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I get the name. (laughs) confused with something else all these acronyms yeah but um, a lot of their training is is a lot of the information they're going through is the same Uh, they do have things um, courses throughout the training that are maybe specialized for different groups of people Mm. outside the core training but I think the the main difference is is when you get to the field obviously you're gonna have different concerns whether you're single or married or married with kids Uh, you've got different concerns to think about uh, single people can think about going to a bit more places, um, I would say, for the most part, because they don't have any other people in their immediate life outside of their family back home that they have to worry about. They don't have to worry about mm. the lives of their little kids and oh, right. the life of their spouse. So uh, I think they're a little bit more free to do things. They're also, I would say, singles get going a little bit quicker. Because, again, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about other people. Now, if you're married without kids, um, you know, outside of having a spouse, you can definitely get going a lot faster in terms mm-hmm. of language learning, 
getting out there, meeting people, getting accustomed to the cold. When you got kids, you're going to slow down a little bit at first, uh, just because you do have to think about the little ones that you have in your house. You have to think about their education. You have to think about their acclimation uh, to right. the culture. So you're going to have less overall, less time to be out there doing some of the things a single person can just jump straight in and do from day one. Oh, right. That's very good. That's right. And you are right. Right. Um, I actually think that for someone who is single, uh, you know, I would if there are single people that are watching this um, episode, I would say to you, uh, there's just a there's a there's a tremendous opportunity for you to have a very deep impact on the missions field mm-hmm. uh, as your you know, uh, Steve, as you said, your time is your own. And, you know, I mean, literally you can be doing your um, whatever activities you're doing uh, on the field, not quite 24 seven, but, you know, uh, but pretty close. I mean, you know, you can do as much as <laughs> that friendship making opportunities and, you know, um, as, as you want. And so I remember, Steve, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians 7 talks about this a little bit where he says, to the unmarried and to the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. And he goes on to talk about how, you know, if you're married, you have um, just sort of the trouble of the additional, you know, a mental uh, weight of having a wife and kids or, you know, spouse and kids. And you know, for the single, you have you have none of that. You can just, you know, go and, you know, do your work. And, um, you know, Steve, in terms of this whole business of because on the Internet, as I was reading about this, different articles, you know, there's a lot of concern about a for a single person that they'll miss out on, um, you know, a potential spouse, potentially. And I would just say that, hey, if you're if you're following God's will to to you know to the missions field god's big enough to take care of a palace as well and you might just find someone there who also has a deep heart for the place where you're at a deep heart for missions and so you could you know there just could be a lot of connection there um see what else would uh, would you want to say to the the single people that are watching well i met my wife in london or really technically outside of london Okay. One of my colleagues met his wife uh, on the mission field and they got married. And mm. so, you know, if, if the concern is I'm going to miss out on your spouse, the, the reality is God knows where he's calling you. He knows That's where right. you're at and he knows how That's to exactly. get your future spouse to you. <laughs> you know, Amen. That's right, exactly right. If you think he is limited to your hometown, then you've already put God in such a small box that you don't really understand how big he is. That's so, right. It doesn't matter where you're at in the world. You could you could meet them in an airport. You could meet them on a mission field. You could meet them like I did at a conference. Um, you just never know where you're going to meet this person. And it, I'm not saying you go to the mission field and you meet a national. You know, maybe maybe you want to marry someone from your home country. That's fine. You could still meet someone from your home country like I did in another country. So, mm, right. Uh, God's not limited by this. So it, it's really a matter of faith of stepping out and trusting God that, yes, I want to be married when you're single, 
But I know God's mm-hmm. also called me to this place, so I'm going to go trusting God Amen. Uh, that he's going to bring me, my spouse, at the right time, in the right place. That's right. That's very good, uh, very good advice, Steve. And again, I would just emphasize, kind of to tag along uh, to that again, just this idea of, you know, if you have a heart for missions, and particularly for, you know, the place that God has sent you, um, actually almost the last thing you would want to do is, <laughs> uh, you know, marry someone who had no heart for missions or that place, or, mm. you know, that actually could impede your future ability to do ministry there. And, um, yeah, long story short, I always have a story I like to tell about that. So when I first got involved in China, um, you know, I was just kind of doing in the exploratory mode and just meeting a lot of people who were there. And, you know, there was this one guy I met who, um, had a heart for China, uh, felt like he was called there. Uh, but his wife just absolutely hated China. Mm. <laughs> just, they, they tried to do everything they could to, you know, quote unquote, Americanize their, you know, their apartment to make it seem more like at home. Uh, of course, you know, which in the nineties was harder, you know, it's yes. probably easier now. I mean, they, you know, now in uh, these Chinese cities, there's a Kia and, you know, Walmart and, you know, there's these companies now, it's probably a lot easier. And, you know, just the mental weight that that was for him was just tremendous. And I had heard later that, yeah, eventually they just returned home. And, uh, Mm. you know, I just think, oh, what, you know, I mean, it's really, it's really a horrible situation for both of them, (laughs) right? On one hand, you don't want to fault the wife. She just didn't have a heart. For yeah. this and you know but was a believer and you know um you just don't want to have to drag a spouse to a place like that it you know things are not going to end up <laughs> well for you your ministry what you want to do what you think you should be doing and so um uh steve would you generally agree with that oh absolutely like you said you don't want to you don't want to force your wife to or your spouse whether it's husband or wife to, to go with you. I mean, when we, when we decide to go, you know, with, with, between me and my wife, uh, I think what I, what I liked about our calling, well, you know, in, in many ways I was already called, uh, at that point to China. Uh, my wife, when we decided to move, my wife already knew we were going, but she never told me. Oh, uh, she just waited for God to take, give me the green light. It was more like I was just waiting for the green light, but I oh, wasn't okay. going to force her to go either. So when we went, if there was anyone who thought I forced her there, uh, because there were a few people who might have said that, uh, my okay. wife quickly could go back. No, that's not true because I was already committed to going. I had the green light to go and we waited for, you know, me to get the green light uh, second. Um, and okay. then we both had the green light. We went. So it does make it better because if you, it, it's exciting to go to these places for a week and, and you know, so many people think, oh, I want to be a missionary because they went there for a week and they, <laughs> they right. you know, they had a honeymoon experience uh, in right. some far off land. They thought it was exciting. <laughs> it's not that way when you live there. It is tough. No. It's stressful. Right. It is, you know, as you, as your life stage evolves, 
you know, it's different from married, uh, single to married and from married to married with children. Mm-hmm. Your life on the field radically changes in every stage. And, I, and I'm sorry to say, it doesn't necessarily decrease the stress either. Okay, mm-hmm. especially when you got kids, it becomes more stressful when they're sick and they're getting illnesses that you can't identify and the doctors are trying to figure out what's going on and it's your kid. Right. You know, the level of stress you feel as a parent is intense. And so right. if, you, if you've got kids with um, learning challenges and trying to figure out how to do that, where maybe back here in the U.S., oh, the resources are in abundance. Whereas you mm-hmm. go somewhere else, you're like, well, what do I do to help my kids? It's having learning difficulties. You know, can mm-hmm. we uh, get tested? Can we afford uh, any of the resources? Because they're a lot more expensive, even in um, even across Asia. So, yeah, for those of you that are single, uh, hopefully that advice has been good. For those, Steve, that are married with no kids... Uh, you know, I would think that the opportunities to do outreach and evangelism together, particularly, again, if you both feel like you've been called towards that place, can just be tremendous, right? Because, again, you you don't have those kids that need that time. You just, it's just the two of you. Um, yeah, it seems like there would just be an abundant opportunity uh, wife can, you know, be meeting women. The husband can be meeting men in the area. You together could be, you know, making friends with those that are, you know, couples, married people. And so, uh, Steve, speak to us about that a little bit. Kind of married with no kids, there can be a lot of pretty cool opportunities, can't there? Yeah, if you think about some of the cultures, just the religious cultures like Islam. Uh, even Hinduism, it is best for men to engage with men. And even in cultures outside of that, even even in China, I would argue it was mm-hmm. best for men so. to engage with men rather than men with women and vice versa. Uh, and so being married, I think it opens up a whole world of opportunities that you don't have as a single person because then you get uh, to engage, as, as you were talking about, uh, let's just take an Islamic environment. Women get to hang out with women, men with men. Whereas, mm. you know, as a man, it would be completely inappropriate for me to go talk to a woman in a strict in- Islamic environment. Uh, not just from a uh, purity perspective on our end, but from a cultural perspective on their end, it'd be highly inappropriate. But when you have as a married couple, you can actually engage with other couples, other families, whereas you would have a little bit, you'd have a lot more difficult time doing it as a single person. And so it opens up a whole realm. You, like you said, you do get to serve together. You know, as it, the moment you have kids, it, there's, there's opportunities where maybe one spouse gets to go do something where the other one can't because they've got to watch the kids. And maybe it's in a, a place where the kids shouldn't go or maybe it's to a meeting or a conference where it's just too challenging to bring the kids. Um, whereas as a couple, you get to enjoy those things together. You, you, you yeah. Get to go, and, you know, outside of, uh, you know, dating your spouse and, and keeping up a healthy marriage, which you do need to carve out time for that. It's, it's just right. so many doors open for you. 
It really is. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so there are an abundant opportunities there. And I think then also, Steve, about, you know, as what you're describing is taking place, right? The husband's spending time with the men. Uh, the wife is spending time with women. Uh, hopefully the, some of those people are, you know, <laughs> married to each other that you're mm-hmm. spending time with to then begin having them in your home too. And, you know, having them for dinners and, you know, I know in a lot of places, of course, people are curious about, of course, this would be for an American um, missionary, but people are interested about American culture Um you know, the one story I always think about is the um, time that I uh, we were living in China. Um, I had I made these uh, Chinese friends who um, had no idea about American football, and they just were so puzzled about why would we like this game. And so I had gotten a of course back. This was back in um, the early 2000s, and so um, someone had sent me a videotape of the Super Bowl that year. And so I got, we had a big event where we, we had a bunch of guys in our apartment and I just kind of walked through with them, uh, you know, a little bit about the rules of the game and why I felt it was interesting. And that was just a neat opportunity to kind of develop friendships. And so, (coughs) and so to be able to have them um, in our home was just really cool. And then their wives came over and spent time with uh, my wife. And so, you know, there's a, um, uh, there's a lot of opportunity for even to have them then in your home too, isn't there? You know, there were times when I was leading a Bible study or a discovery group for, for either new believers or non-believers, and there were always women in there. But it would have been very uncomfortable even for me just to have that, you know, a big group mostly of women in my home if I was single. Oh, right. Yeah, that but, just wouldn't have worked. you know, having my yeah. wife there, it was no problem because she was, a, you know, she's there, she's available, she's part of it. And so, and, you know, as you were talking about the Super Bowl, wow, that, that really was a long time ago. No streaming options back then. No, yeah, no streaming No replay options. on ESPN online or anything like that. That's you, right. If you don't get that videotape, you've got nothing. And, um... Yeah, I mean, if I'm in a if I'm in a let's say a Bible study with a mixed audience, you know, while there are some women who are really interested in those kinds of things, and not all women are interested in that, right? And and my wife definitely wouldn't be. So having her there, she gets to spend time with those who aren't interested. And if I'm spending time with some a group part of the group, and they're interested in what we're watching. You know, it, it, like I said earlier, and like you've said, it just opens up the, the, the opportunities for you. Mm, and mm-hmm. you're just, you're not, as a single, you're more narrow in some sense. I mean, you're more free to do things, but you're more narrow based on your interest. But when you have a partner with you, a spouse, their interests are going to be um, different. And so it expands the number of people you get to interact with as a family. That's right. That, that's right. That's very good. And then, Steve, of course, our final kind of life stage we wanted to talk about, of course, is married with kids. And that, again, brings just some great opportunities, doesn't it, to 
meet other parents in your city where you're living who also have kids potentially and even you know mm. eventually your kids playing with their kids and you meet at a playground or you know there's just a lot of those kind of opportunities and just a unique atmosphere to do stuff with other families and uh i know you had you told us you had your kids with you when uh, when you lived overseas as i had two of my three my general kind of comment i often make about especially young kids very young kids we had toddler you know aged kids is that uh for them as long as they were around mom and dad they were really fine right we mm -hmm. could have been mm -hmm. you know anywhere around Absolutely. the world you know and so they didn't really care you know, and, um, you know, it becomes a little bit more of a challenge when those kids, you know, for missionary families, you know, get older. But uh, again, partially because of what you said about potential challenges in education or, you know, there's more to kind of figure out. But, man, all of the almost all of the, the teenage kids of missionary families that I know just absolutely embrace the place they love. They, they also develop a heart and a love many times if they've gone to a, you know, international school in their, in their city, you know, they're also taking, so I know like the international school where we lived in China, um, I mean, it was part of the course curriculum. They had not only English classes, but they also had Chinese. So they're all learning the Chinese and now they've, they've had that skill that they're learning, right? So, um, so uh, Steve briefly talked to us about kind of married with kids and kind of kind of the unique opportunities that you see there. As you were talking, I was thinking about my kids when they had their birthday. So when we have a party in our home, it ended up being anywhere between five to eight different countries represented in our house. Oh, that's cool. And even though my kids were really young when we were when we were in China, rather than teenagers, now that they are teenagers, a lot of what they learned in those early years are still prevalent in their life right now. They still love being around people from other countries. Mm. You know, when we have either uh, missionary families who drive through and visit us and we'll have lunch with them and they're hanging out with the other MKs, they absolutely connect with them. They know mm. how to connect with them still. Uh, when they, you know, when they're, you know, one of my uh, son's closest friends at school is from India. Mm. And it, it's just it's just ingrained in them now. They can't when when we talk about uh, right now going on a trip, maybe to the Middle East. My kids still ask, so when 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 do I get to go next? Oh, you know, when, that's great. When do you think we'll be able to go? As, when's the next time we'll be able to go as a family? Now we have you know a, a stage in our life with um, my in laws and stuff living with us. Mm -hmm. Um which we love and we're loving our time right now, but it is still a question they ask. Mm, and if mm -hmm. I say, you know, we're going to go, you know, maybe if, if the money's there, we're going to go to uh, the Middle East. Uh, my kids won't sit there. Oh, you know, I need to pray about that and, and make oh. sure it's the right. Their automatic right. reaction is, yeah, when are we going? Oh, great. <laughs> They're not worried about it. They, they, they just think it's normal to them that we do that. Oh, right. And that going to some far off place is, is not something they have to always think about. You know, really for us, it's more thinking about the stage we're in. Is there time to do it? Mm -hmm. um, is this the right time? 
Uh, if it's not, we don't. But if it is, you just buy a ticket and go. That's how we are. All right. And so I loved it. It was tough. Our first day, literally, I guess technically it was our second day in China. Uh, I can say trying to get to where we were living, uh, there was a moment it's like, why did we do this? Because <laughs> <laughs> right. our kids were really small and trying to navigate that airport with a stroller in a culture that doesn't understand strollers. And, right. and trying to, of course, we had the big American strollers at that. And, um, you know, there's always moments where we thought, was this a bright idea? <laughs> but apart right. from a few moments like that, overall, we loved it. Um, we had fun. We enjoyed it. Um, our kids still talk about the food. I mean, it's, again, like I said earlier, it's just ingrained in them. So there's something about kids who grow up in a cross in an environment that's very different from their own. They just see the world differently. That's right. And no, I want that's them right. to see it that way. I want them to yeah. not look at it through a narrow lens just by that's living in their home culture. That's right. No, that's so, very good, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say something similar to that, that actually as you were talking, I was then thinking about all the kids of missionary families that I know. Uh, now, of course, many of those kids are, you know, out of the house and doing, you know, their own things. And generally speaking, of course, this is not 100% true, but generally speaking, I would say that those kids who grew up in a third culture actually end up being higher performing you know, people than, uh, you know, many who, who don't. And I think it's just a matter of what you said. I mean, just growing up in a different culture, seeing things in a different way, understanding the world better, uh, maybe more holistically, um, you know, and, uh, growing up in a family of the, the, whose parents, you know, had a different, had a definite calling and purpose to their lives, they then develop that same kind of, you know, determination in their own lives. And so for those who may be watching who think, oh, my kids may suffer, I would just say, no, I, I've not seen that to be the case. And in fact, just the opposite that, you know, they generally tend to end up being higher performing people than, you know, than the general population. So Steve, as we in this episode, um, you know, we definitely, I think, um, want to bring out that different stages of our lives um, really do bring out different opportunities, right? That each opportunity is a special way to reach people for Christ. And again, um, above all, obey the call regardless of whatever stage that you're in. Um, I always remember this um uh, this quote from um, the guy who who started the U.S. Center for World Missions, mm -hmm. and his his uh, his research showed that it was something like, in general, in America, about one out of every hundred people who felt a call towards you know going on the missions field, um, you know, actually obeyed it, and you know, of course, that then brings us to where we're at today, where there are still so many in the world that are unreached. And um, I think you would agree with me, Steve, right? I mean, just regardless of the stage um, of life that you're in, obey that call, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, we can, any one of us can come up with an excuse not to go. Everybody in the world, every believer in the world has a reason to not go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is, you, as, you were, as you were stating it, are we going to obey or not obey? You know, when God calls, we, that's really the only two options we have. We can't look to external. Now, there, really what I tell people when we're dealing with external pressures, external issues, is mm-hmm. they don't make our decision. We don't let those external factors decide whether we obey or not obey God. We acknowledge them, we recognize them, and then when we obey, we work toward figuring out, okay, how do we overcome those either obstacles or factors we've got to figure out or something? There's always struggles. I mean, there's many reasons why some organizations don't let families with kids over 12 years old go who are in the household. Mm. There are uh, tremendous struggles with teenagers trying to adapt to a new environment, leaving friends back home. So... You know, so a lot of organizations just won't let that happen because the Mm. struggles are just too great. Um, But outside of that, you know, there are ways to go. If if you're called to go, if your church endorses your call to go, regardless of where your kids are at, what ages they're at, if if you've gone through a great, a a thorough, um, I I wanted to say vetting, but that's not really the the right word, A, a thorough process of understanding what it's going to be like, the training you need, the training your kids need to go, uh, then regardless of your life stage, regardless of your kid's age, uh, you have a choice to obey or not go, uh, obey or mm. disobey. And in obey, you just try to figure out what those problems are, um, predict what those problems are going to be when you get there, and create and work on those before you even have to deal with them, you know, kind of you're always trying to figure out problems in advance um, in many in many areas like business and and, and life and trying to um, you know solve those before you have to face them and you're not going to solve them perfectly but really the point is uh, God's going to help everyone get through whatever struggles they have to face I, I've seen I've seen people deal with cancer and do cancer treatments abroad Mm. I've seen parents deal with special needs, uh, educational needs for their kids abroad. I've seen it all. Mm. God's going to provide. Uh, we just have to believe that he will. And then let him do what he does as we follow in obedience. Amen. That's really great. And Steve, as you're talking, of course, we don't have time to get into this much. But as you know, um, here at 1A Catalyst, we're actually being in, you know, uh, focusing more and more on uh, uh, helping Christians really understand kind of this, the value of obedience, right. Mm-hmm. Of both the Bible and Christ's commands. And I would certainly think that we, we would also talk about, you know, God's calling that a disciple of Jesus obeys Jesus, right. Obeys this call, both his commands that he gives us and to the call. And so, um, yeah, to, to feel like you've been called by God to do a certain thing and to not obey it, uh, speaks something about maybe your, yeah, your relationship with the Lord. So maybe that could be another episode we could do, but you know, it's a, it's important because at least in part, the reason that there are so many in this world that are still unreached is the lack of obedience of, you know, Again, this uh, quote about, you know, one out of only 100 actually obey the call to, 
you know, to missionary service. So, Steve, maybe that's a good place to end it for now. Thanks so much, Steve. I just so enjoy doing these episodes with you, and I'm so thankful for those of you that are watching and uh, for your participation with us. We, of course, would would love to hear from you. Of course, our Facebook page, um, just facebook.com forward slash missions talk. You can direct messages there. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for future episodes, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll look forward to having you with us on the next episode of Missions Talk. To find out more about Missions Talk or to watch previous episodes, please go to facebook.com forward slash missions talk. It is on our Facebook page that we have the catalog of all of our episodes. To find out more about my organization, 18 Catalyst, please go to 18catalyst.org. And to find out about Steve's work with Silk Road Catalyst, please go to silkroadcatalyst.com. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll look forward to having you with us on the next episode of Missions Talk.